the kids under the mistletoe. You know, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Does this mean we have to start fighting? I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Into the Superverse. Today, we are talking about Batman Returns. It's everyone's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, right behind Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and Home Alone 5. Those are all of the (laughs) Christmas movies. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, I kind of forgot. I knew that it was like Christmas, well, wintry, but uh, Christmas in Gotham is not the most cheerful thing that I can imagine, especially in Tim Burton's Gotham. Although actually, it might have been more cheerful in this than in the Nolan movies. (laughs) Um, um, I grew up watching this film, like the other one, like regular Batman, Michael Keaton, and this is not my fave. Did not yeah. like the Penguin growing up. Um, He's creepy. I much he targets pref- children. <laughs> I much preferred the Val Kilmer or George Clooney movies over this one, um, but the regular Batman, 1989, it's classic. Yeah. Uh... As you all know, I did not grow up watching these. I only watched them for the first time pretty recently. And 1989 is way better. Um, I have, like, we have a lot to talk about with this one. but Yeah, as, I have some thoughts about as, seeing it as a child and reflecting on that now. Yeah. We'll yeah. get into it. Yeah, Tim Burton. Like, this was meant for, like, families, you know. Like, it was uh, geared towards... I think Tim Burton has talked about this. <laughs> he was... The, the studio, you know, he only came back to do it if he got more creative control than he did over the first one. But all of their, like, product placement and deals and stuff were in place, I guess. So you had, like, Batman Returns-themed Happy Meals, and then you had the stuff that's actually in the movie. And uh, the, the consequence of that is the reason why there were no more Tim Burton Batmans. Or Michael Keaton, for that matter, because I think he walked away when Tim Burton did. So they had to... They had to revise their plans. I think it was probably for the best to let Tim Burton go because I—I I mean, I will say it took courage and boldness to be like, you know what, Batman's story needs to be told, Penguin. I—I I can only fathom. No, I cannot fathom what a third one in this series would have looked like because it was so far off the rails. Fifteen minutes into this movie. Also, I would say that Batman isn't even in it for, like, the first 45 minutes. Mm-mm. I saw this article when I was actually, like, kind of reading it during the movie, talking about how Batman Returns is not about Batman. He doesn't show up for the first 15 minutes, and then he doesn't show up again until, like, almost 40 minutes in. We're waiting for his return, the H- whole his, movie. His Character is not, like, a driving force for the plot at all. This is about Danny DeVito and Christopher Walken and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. 
which is fine. I'm not even mad about that, but it's just like, what are we doing here? Right. Also, we are, the movie sets a tone by starting with a really badly attempted murder of a baby. And I don't know if we really like dealt with that enough. No, we did not. I mean, <laughs> and like the parents, I guess it was presumed that they went on to have other children. I, I guess. And that he did probably murder them. Just like. Or uh, I don't know if we're ready to assume that. The but. opening credits are just following a baby carriage floating through the sewers. And I'm like, yeah, this is really. It felt like okay. a real Moses moment, you know? <laughs> the whole thing. Different circumstances. Can you though. imagine people in the theater back in 1992 being like, did we go to the wrong movie? Because, like, you really can't tell. I also, even though I knew, because I've seen it uh, quite a few times, it looks like Michael Keaton in that very first Mm -hmm. shot, like, staring into the window. And I know that's the whole thing. It's like they kind of lived mirroring lives. Like, Bruce Wayne lived the life that Penguin was supposed to, essentially. But um, the other big thing that I noticed, uh, just about, like, the whole vibe in general, is that it reminded me of another Christmas movie, actually. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. It was very clear to me. It almost looked like they used the exact same set, but um, Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. (laughs) Okay, I see it. Like, everything down to, like, the tree lighting ceremony and, like, these little side streets of, like, these quirky characters. It's just, like, the black and white version of... I see it. Stole Christmas. And a little bit more violent. Just a little bit. Yeah, obviously. But but, um, I just mean like the town. Like Gotham was basically Whoville or vice versa. See it. Yeah, Burton's Gotham feels very small, even though it's meant to be this huge city. It's just like, yeah, like you said. And cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess this was like the first Batman movies. Since the car? Oh, no, the TV show, I guess. Yeah, the Adam West. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, yeah, no, this is, like, the the defining, like, live-action Batman, you know, until until Batman Begins kind of restarted it. Um, Christopher Walken is a great addition to the cast. He was, you know, that, I could not have cared less about that character, but he brought, like, a little bit more Yeah, great non-character-y villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just a good, solid human villain, I yeah, guess. Yeah, just evil. Just a bad guy. And, and he does it, it so get... well. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. It reminded me of the one of the James Bond movies that he's in. Uh, yeah, he was in um, that really... It was I mean, pretty... nothing like it, but just, like, seeing him in that a role like that. That was one of the like shitty that. ones, wasn't it? It was, like, a, yeah. a Roger... Oh, it was, like, the last Roger Moore one, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was later. Um... So we get introduced to Selena Kyle pretty early, and I just think it's her character is like so sad. But I'm also just like trying to convince us that Michelle Pfeiffer is like not attractive. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like this. Put her in glasses and like uh, a blazer, and she's not super hot. All right. She's still Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) Who Michelle Pfeiffer is like wine? She just gets finer with age. Yeah. So I, I kind of just had jumped ahead to her and her getting pushed out a window by Max, which is also, like, brutal. 
Like he's yeah. so he's so evil. He's like he's like oh, gotcha, gotcha, and then turns around and pushes her out. I was like, shit. I did have a couple notes before that because we have the first like incident right before that. Um, one, how this is a question for Batman. How do you maintain a secret identity if you literally have the bat signal shooting into your house? <laughs> like there it's, were, just a, it's just a coincidence. There were things on his property that like spun and shot it directly into his home. He really lives in the middle of nowhere. It is a very, very strong spotlight. But he has parties yeah, at his I, house. Um, <laughs> I hope that signal never goes off when there's people there. Also, the... Throughout the movie, there's this whole relationship with, like, um, Christopher Walken's son, who, like, never really gets an introduction, and also, like, he willingly lets his son be like, no, I'll, like, die for your dad. dad. And he's like, okay. (laughs) But then later, he's like, no, take me. So, like... They, they, they look out for each other. I think that's actually very sweet. Okay, sure. <laughs> in the end. In their, in their own way. Do you think that Tim Burton's making Joker references with, like, all of the clowns? Or mm. no? I don't know. It doesn't... I feel like if it was, it would have been, like... I mean, maybe it's just, like, really subtle. Because I didn't even really think about it. Because, like, the circus and this is tied so heavily to the penguin. But, like, yeah, they never so much as mention it, which is weird. Um, but it's entirely possible. Um, that Batmobile is, like, too big <laughs> for the streets of Gotham. Oh, yeah, because it's teeny tiny but city. He had a Tesla tier autopilot on that thing well in advance. What, you mean hackable? Yeah, we'll talk about that later, because <laughs> apparently anybody can get a remote to that thing. Um... But yeah, so Michelle Pfeiffer, I guess we're not going to question too much what happens there. I guess she just gets lucky and doesn't die. That awning kind of broke her fall. And And then then I don't know if she just like, she bumped her head, you know, the cats were there and it just kind of. I feel like she was halfway there. Oh, for sure. She just needed to push, you know? Too soon. <laughs> Too true, though. I mean, she was clearly not, like, in a good place already. If, you know, it was either she got pushed out a window by her boss or she got left another voicemail about perfume. You know, it's, it's one or the other. But honestly, that, those two scenes back-to-back of her going, back, going to her apartment for the first time and then, like, returning is, like, some of the best acting in the entire movie is, oh. like, her just, like, by herself Michelle Pfeiffer, doing like, was, the most. I think she was easily the best actor. Oh. And I know that it's, like, over the top and, like, silly. But, I mean, so is the rest of the movie. But, like, I am here for her Catwoman. Like, 1,000%. Oh, for sure. Like, eat that bird, you know? <laughs> I, like, even though I know we had, like, just watched it, I was like, oh, did she actually eat that bird? <laughs> she let it go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think... Selena Kyle is easily, like, the most interesting part about this. Like, she just... Michelle Pfeiffer just, like, brings so much, like, energy to it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really care about the Penguin's plans here. But I will give Danny DeVito credit. Like, he really went... He went full Penguin. He he gave it his all. (laughs) He really did. Um, I will say, like, I like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, which I know a lot of people I don't think did. Actually, I don't know, but... um, 
it's very it's a lot more subtle <laughs> than than um, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's, but it fit the films. Each one. Fit you imagine the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman in a Nolan Batman movie? <laughs> like everyone's just she would if she was that nuts, she would like only rival like Joker out of all of those. It would almost be like a Harley Quinn. Yeah. I actually got Harley Quinn vibes, like, towards the end of this when she kills Max. Um, yeah. Oh, I see that. Yeah. I just said it, but, like, I, I'm now actually like, yeah. seeing, thinking about it. Um, a little bit more of the, like, unhingedness. For sure. Uh, like, who hasn't had a mental breakdown and then, like, just instantly made a leather cat suit? Anyway. I actually think the Nolan movies could have really benefited from a chaotic unpredictable character I know that's like what the Joker is but like Heath Ledger was such a steady performance in that like it didn't it almost didn't come off as chaotic do you know what I mean yeah. like he's making chaotic decisions but he's like very calculated in his yeah, decisions he's not like super manic in his like all of his plans are plans like right. he he's a man with a plan you right. know I have a feeling that they probably like maybe started with that and then when Heath Ledger like got the role they maybe changed just like how he was written to suit his performance yeah and I don't even think like that should have changed like I obviously his Joker is undeniable but I just think that having something a little campier could have been like an interesting dynamic in those movies yeah yeah I think the the tone of those was still like a reflex to the 90s Batman movies. They were like, we know what we are distancing ourselves from. No nipples from. on the suit. Nope. You know, for better or for worse. I think mostly for the better. But I agree. Um, I was thinking that I've been talking in my pre-pod about the Robert Pattinson Batman coming up. So Colin Farrell is playing Penguin in that movie. Oh, I and forgot that it's going to be so one. interesting because is Colin Farrell the hot one? <laughs> I do. Th- uh, Colin Farrell's pretty hot. He's uh, yeah, Colin Farrell, not Colin Firth. I mean, Colin oh, Firth is very yeah, no, 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 cute, not Colin but, Firth. Yeah. Um. Yes, I know which one we're talking about. Oh, he's going to be Penguin. Yeah, and honestly, I like, can't let me show you. This. Well, he I mean, was the, in the this first is not a visual medium. Fantastic but, Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, and his loss in the second one is significant yeah i mean like the bat here is doesn't even look like oh my god why did they ruin his face because he's a penguin penguin can't be good looking i know but it looks like he's like gained a lot of weight in his face like it doesn't even look like the same i think it's a lot of prosthetics yeah i doubt he actually he's not gary oldman (laughs) (laughs) but um i mean penguin is a big part of Batman's rogue gallery and I'm pretty sure he doesn't usually behave like Danny DeVito in this movie. I think he is more of a like slightly more stable crime boss. Now, correct me that if I'm wrong. That makes more sense. Listeners, but they like alluded to that. Like they Michael Keaton kept referring to him as a crime he boss. He runs a gang. I'm like, like how does this okay. guy run a gang? I mean, he is he, and running a bunch of penguins, which we're just going to say sure to that? I, Penguins in Gotham? I guess. You know, they were there first. They welcomed him in. And like raised by wolves, but with penguins. No follow-up questions to why they're there in the sewers. 
Yeah, I think we're just supposed to buy that. This is probably a prequel to Madagascar. The, the we need Madagascar, sound effects. The Madagascar Cinematic Universe has been in front of us the whole time. <laughs> I guess we'll add it to our list to watch. God, our theories are so good on this pod. Um, Catwoman wastes no time in like getting out into the streets, doing a bit of a vigilante thing. Where did she learn to fight? I think it's part of her new... Demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Why does she hate Batman, though? That was really unclear to me. Because he saved her, and I guess she's, like, mad that a man saved her. I think so. I don't think it's, like... Logical. It's not rational. (laughs) She was just like, I'm out here doing my thing, so, like, just get out of my way. But she's, like, seeking him out to ruin him. Like, she goes to the Penguin to be like, we need to get rid of Batman. Does she only do that after Batman pushes her off the building when they have their fight? Well, yes, but she, like, was trying to fight him. Yeah. I don't... You know. The the motivations here are not... <laughs> like, ultra-fleshed out, which is not totally surprising. Because I think Tim Burton was probably just like, I just want to make this as weird as I possibly can. And that was pretty much it. Speaking of flesh and being as weird as you possibly can, there's a transition for you. I'm to my first note about um, reflecting on this film from my childhood. So what was number one? The penguin is a pervert, and he is groping at women, like, making not even subtle, lewd comments that I have zero memory of if you had said who does anyone in the batman movies like make a sexual reference i would have been like well catwoman and never would does i have the guessed penguin, penguin put a button <laughs> and just yes that was the just, first that was the yeah. first part and then like multiple comments thereafter and i understand it like he's been in <laughs> the sewers with penguins, but also, like, other people that, like, look up to him. So I'm just saying, like, that's on you if you decided not to pursue that. You know, their, their loyalty only goes so far. <laughs> yeah. No, he's gross. This movie is a hard PG-13. Is it? It's, it's PG-13. Oh, so I guess it wasn't, like, meant for kids or um, families. But, like, you know what? I watched this on ABC Family... Do you think they cut all that stuff out? I'm wondering if they cut some of it out. Because they probably wouldn't have shown a PG-13 movie on. Yeah, not not unedited. And it was like during the day. Like, yeah. it wasn't at, like in the evening. Yeah, no, they must have cut some of that stuff out. I mean, there are, there are certain lines that clearly would not make it to TV. But there's also just like a lot of innuendo. Uh, Catwoman grabbing it, Batman's junk. Yeah. Through the suit. Like, I wouldn't think that ABC would let that fly. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like I said, I don't What really about the nose the, bite? Was that That it? was in there. Yeah. Certainly. That's like the most brutal thing. I that, that. But you don't even see it. I mean, you hear it. Right. There's a crunch. Yeah, there was. But. I mean, there was a... Somebody on Reddit was trying to say that that's like the most graphic or a gruesome 
act of violence in any Batman movie, period, that you, like, actually... Because you do see it. It's not long held, but you do see it. And, like, everything else, like... Like, the Joker, like, face slashing and stuff, you never see it. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. I guess you could say, like, Bane, like, breaking Batman's back, but that's, like... Oh, that was really bad. That was worse to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, I just audibly had a reaction to that. <laughs> Shivers. I don't have, like, a lot of, um, like, play-by-play notes for this movie, but my general sense after this was just, like, Tim Burton, like I said before, clearly got the green light to do what he wanted and just went nuts. Nobody in this movie is making good decisions. Everybody is just, like, out for themselves, including Batman. Like, it's super weird. Alfred is probably concerned. He reveals his identity in front of... In front of Max. Yeah. Not... And, like, what was the end game there? Because Batman clearly wasn't going to... Well, actually, actually, Batman might have killed him because <laughs> Batman kills Batman people kills in these people. movies. He killed Selena once. Yeah. Also, like, doesn't... It, it, there is no reason why he is interested in Selena. There's nothing happening there. And they just, like, write out the woman from the first movie, Vicky. Poor Vicky. Which I didn't even remember her name, to be honest. But, like, they made such a big deal about him, like, coming out to her, basically. <laughs> and, I, like, I guess they just couldn't get that actress back. Plus, they went to this whole Catwoman thing, but... If I, I had to know. guess, that's probably just, like, Tim Burton being like, I don't want to do that. I want to have Catwoman, and I want to have them together. Yeah. It's just like... I do like the mistletoe thing, and that's how they both realize it. I think that's a good scene, actually. Yes. I do. Bo- both of those scenes. I like when... Because they, they are like having this moment, and then I like Michelle Faber's like, oh no, like does this mean we have to fight now? Yeah. Because <laughs> they, I mean, they, they don't. <clears throat> I like the cat and bat of it all. Cat and mouse. That was a play on that. <laughs> um, but... I just, it was just kind of like, that part was lazy, and I guess like Tim Burton just doesn't really care that much about building. Yeah, I just, I don't think that's what his uh, goal was, which is a shame. And we already like kind of touched on this, but it is embarrassing how easily hacked his uh, mobile is. Yeah, like, does the penguin have like a tech specialist living in the sewers with him? Right, they're like carnies, like I don't understand where... I, like, he had a whole, like, gra- like thing worked out. Yeah, I don't... Also, they took apart the entire car, but then all they did was put a tracker on the bottom. And he just ripped it off and threw it out the window. Yeah. So, that was unclear. Not the greatest plan, but... I, yeah, you would think that... The guy who appears to be Gotham's lone well-off individual, well, not really, but Gotham's most well-off individual, would have technology that, like, a common criminal, even if he is a slightly insane crime boss living in the sewers, would not be able to just, you know, weasel his way on into. Right. Especially back in the 90s. Come on. (laughs) I don't even know what kind of technology he was using. It's very high tech stuff. Well, from isn't the this time. supposed to be like ambiguous fifties, sixties? Um, I don't. 
That's, we talked about no. it in the first one. I thought that was The Incredibles that was ambiguous. Oh, maybe it was. It could be for Batman, though, because, like, that is kind of the vibe. No, I think you're right. I mean, but honestly, like, if you didn't see the Batmobile, there wouldn't really be any way of knowing. It was The Incredibles that I was thinking about. <laughs> well, because that was a revelation. Yes. I mean, these are, like, a little bit could take place anytime. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, comics for you, yeah. but... I have some overall lessons learned from the film. Please share. If Unless we have anything else more specific that we want to talk about. Um, only that I... A line that I enjoyed from Max was... I'll drop her out a higher window in reference to killing Catwoman again. I was like... That's the line that you were like, that's a, a good line. It was a good one-liner. Was it? It's like not well, even was, a joke. It was the way that he like delivered it. Because he was like talking to his son. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't think she can be... It feels like she can't die. And she's got nine lives, you know. Well, she only has one left. It's not like a one-liner, but it stuck with me because I was like, damn. <clears throat> Brutal. Unapologetic. I think that is the best word to describe him. Yes. Just, just ruthless. Um, well, speaking of that, number one lesson learned is treat your assistant well. Yep. You know, treat your assistant well and she won't try and kill you and succeed. And turn into a cat vigilante. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, number two, climate change is real and important. Um, we get a lot from the penguin. That's the that's penguin. True. That's the best thing he's bringing to this film. And in 1992, like Al Gore must have gotten a hold of them or something. <laughs> but he actually has a script writing credit on this. Um, they're like talking about how like this is really bad for the environment, and he's like, "My platform as mayor will be climate change." If only he was serious. But that's true. He was serious. Well, you know, if only he didn't try to screw over the city and kill all their firstborn children. He could have been onto something. <clears throat> Don't be ableist, you know? True. He was bullied for being born with uh, different hands. Um, penguins are smarter than you think. That's yeah, another lesson. They're really smart. <laughs> Don't ever give a penguin a rocket launcher. And I think the biggest lesson we can take away, and again, this is a Christmas movie, but there is nothing more important to the city than lighting that goddamn Christmas tree. At all costs. It must be lit. <laughs> all costs. You do not want to know what will happen if they don't light that tree. It is worth getting killed for. The townsfolk just keep coming back to that town square knowing <laughs> that somebody's going to die. They're like, well, what, what else are we going to do? Like, it's <laughs> Gotham, you know? They don't have that much going for them. They don't. Oh, God. You're... Now I'm just seeing the Grinch thing again. It's just... <laughs> oh, I just boy, The penguin oh has some Grinch-like tendencies, you know? He He's like... He has that whole, like, I get what you throw out, like, in your garbage, basically. And the Grinch has the whole thing, too. Yep. Hands. I think that... Fish. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like, definitely stole some stuff from this movie. How the Grinch Stole Batman Returns. Exactly. I am going to see if anybody else has had a similar thought, because I am intrigued by this. I can't believe that you weren't thinking about this the whole time. Well, you know me. Well, I had not ever seen, seen the movie once. Yeah, it's not exactly like my, my number one reference for a Christmas that movie. That was another but... frequent ABC family watch. 
25 Days of Christmas. I think they would play this as well. Couldn't find anything. You might be the first one to have this thought. I won't be the last now. Nope. Now that it's out there, there's no putting it back in the bottle. <laughs> Did you have any other fun facts or final? Let's see. Final thoughts. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I just had a couple. I said that the Penguins' plan to frame Batman is honestly better than I would have given him credit for. It was really good, and including all the bats. Most yeah. rational thing that any villain in this movie did. So. But then, like, I guess everyone was like fine with it later. Turns out, people in Gotham just don't care enough. <laughs> or just memories of a goldfish, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably with all the shit that's like in their water and stuff. I bet they actually do have memories of goldfish. And just kind of restating what I've already mentioned a couple times, it's just that like the imagery is just so uh, like violent, dark, and just so creepy throughout the entire thing. It never lightens up. It and is funny that people always like joke about Christopher Nolan's like it's so dark and stuff like that, but like you're right, these movies are way darker yeah. and like Batman is a worse person. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I was just like I think Tim Burton has even said something. He was like when the uh, executives like wanted to have a meeting with people from McDonald's or places that wanted to do deals. And they would be like, why do you have black stuff coming out of Penguin's mouth all the time? And they're like, they don't, they don't like that so much. That was the climate change That's just stuff. what happens when you live in the sewers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a couple fun facts. Remember when he ate that raw fish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I remember that from childhood. Kept that in the ABC cut. Yeah. Unfortunately. Doesn't make you want sushi. I literally looked away when we were watching. <laughs> I if know. You recall, <laughs> I do. I was like, I can't watch this. Honestly, I'll try to find some more trivia because the three that I have right now are all Catwoman related because I couldn't find much else. I'm Just listening beyond like the general like the Tim Burton of it all. Number one, Annette Bening was originally cast. Oh, weird. Michelle Pfeiffer really wanted the role. And was pretty disappointed when she didn't get it. But Annette Bening became pregnant and had to drop out. And if I read what I thought I read correctly, Michelle Pfeiffer, like, showed up to the casting director's office in, like, a homemade Catwoman suit and was like, give me this job. I wonder why she wanted it so bad. I mean, she was, like, perfect, so. I do not know. I don't know what she was up to at the time. Annette Bening so, would have been really interesting. She also would have, like, been really unhinged, but it would have been very different. Right. Probably not as, like, overtly sexual. Yeah. I would think so. But you never know. Um, the scene where Catwoman is in the department store and whips the mannequin's heads off, she, Michelle Pfeiffer, did that herself and got really good at the whip. Apparently she practiced with she it did. all the time. I bet she did. Hit her trainer in the face with it once, I think. But there is actually a video that has gone around recently, like, on set, of her, like, hitting it and is, like, super pumped. She's like, I can't believe I got them all in one go! Uh, which I love, because that's, like... They cut in the scene. So, yeah. like, you know, it wouldn't have been a problem anyway, but pretty cool i uh listened to her on a podcast recently and she is just delightful i bet i think she has said that she like wants to come back and do these because michael keaton's batman is going to be in the flash yeah and she's like i want to do it but nobody's nobody's approached me why why does she get all this hate i don't know i hope that it's just a front you know 
they're filming it. There's still time. But, uh, and I'm going to look up I'm some I'm glad she's in Marvel, too, now. Yes. Yeah, I hope we get more of her. The last Catwoman-related trivia that I have is that over the course of filming, they made more than 60 of those cat suits. Oh, my gosh. At $1,000 each. I mean, that actually doesn't sound like that much. But 60. And she would wear it for, like, 14 hours a day. And could only go to the bathroom once. Pretty brutal. So I'm honestly kind of surprised that she doesn't have more, like... <laughs> that she, like, so loved it. Yeah. Like, that, that she's clearly, like, dedicated to it, because that sounds like a pain in the ass. <laughs> Danny DeVito remained in character between takes. Sure. Great. <laughs> Just walking around eating raw fish. Um, Danny DeVito was advised by Jack Nicholson to take the role of the Penguin because he was very financially successful from playing the Joker. Um, I guess they had, they had live penguins on the set and they also had mechanical penguins and one of the crew members, I think, told an anecdote about going around the set to collect the mechanical penguins, and they found a live penguin snuggled up asleep against one of the fake ones. That is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, apparently, they were going to introduce uh, Harvey Dent Two-Face, and the electric scene I saw that. with um, Shrek... Um, was supposed to be the dent scene, but they obviously changed that. Set up for the third one. Two-Face was in uh, Batman Forever. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Uh, Michael Keaton was paid $11 million, which Warner Brothers did not want to do, but Tim Burton was like, he deserves it. <laughs> uh, Tim Burton was reportedly uncomfortable with casting Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. And when the casting director asked him why, he said, because that man scares the hell out of me. (laughs) Oh, buddy, that's funny. Apparently Max Shrek was supposed to be Max Cobblepot and be the revealed to be the older brother. Older brother? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I wonder why they got rid of that. This article I'm reading is making fun of that plot, so. Michelle Pfeiffer did put a live bird in her mouth because she thought the bird puppets looked too fake. They had the set on lockdown. Kevin Costner tried to come visit. They said no. And set pictures got out of Danny DeVito in costume and Warner Brothers hired private investigators to figure out And who was it? I don't know. Well... What a time. There is so much fun trivia with this, but I will say that while the trivia is fun, Batman 1989 was a more fun movie, in my opinion. Far superior. I just, there's a lot going on in this, and it feels like it should be more gripping, but I just kept like, 
being like, this is so, it's so chaotic and like miserable <laughs> that I'm just, I don't know. Well, and like the, there are too many like evil plans going on yes. and like the penguins whole plan to like kill all of the firstborns. Another Moses reference. May I add, if we've all seen Prince of Egypt, which I know we have. No. <laughs> Slash the Bible, but more importantly, Prince of Egypt. Who's read the Bible? Um, I don't know. Oh, that that was like left to like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Doesn't that seems like it should be like a big thing, right? But it was treated as like the C plot. Well, they I guess they realized what a gem they had with um what's his name? Uh Shrek. Yeah. Yeah, so they did this whole power plant thing, but... Yeah. Which, that also kind of, like, didn't get finished either. Like, okay, he's gonna, like, take power from everyone else, but, like, okay. Yeah, I don't... To what end, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. The plot, like, I would say for the first, like, half hour, it's, like, moving, you know, you got the sacred timeline of plots. And then at some point during the movie, it just splays. And they don't really do a great job of pulling it back together at the end. It's almost like Tim Burton knew he wasn't going to do another one. And he's like, I got to give it up. Got to throw everything I've got at this. I feel like that's exactly what he did. Or, like, people kept telling him, like, things from the comics. And he's like, oh, I love that. I want to include it. Yeah, just everything. Or, like, from the TV show. Yeah. Although I don't think Tim Burton was even like that familiar with the comics. Well, that, I mean, I don't know, but that's why I'm saying like maybe people kept telling him their favorites. Yeah. And he was like, we'll do it all. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I gotta, I gotta respect it. I, I mean, Tim Burton really didn't want to do it, but he got them to let him do it his way. And even though I did not like it as much, I'm like, you you had your vision, you stuck to it, and you made the studio stick to it, which was impressive. and still is impressive for like such a big name like Batman to get a movie like this. So, props to you, Tim. Um, what was your favorite scene from this film? Hmm. Um. Honestly, I know we already talked about it, but I would say like the whole sequence from when. Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle are like at Wayne Manor through like when they're under the mistletoe at that mm-hmm. dance. That was like, I was, that's like the most depth we got of their characters, like outside of their costumes and alter egos and like into their relationship. So I, I did enjoy that. I think mine is just the two apartment scenes with Michelle Pfeiffer and it ending with hell here from yeah, her sign that used to say hello there. Yeah. And I, I was really like, that's that. clever. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. And she looked great. That garbage disposal will never recover. I mean. <laughs> she doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> she, uh, she's a gift. She is. So. Uh, and I don't want to be anyone from this. No. No, I don't want any part of Burton's Gotham. I'm going to stay far, far away. Yeah. Oh, uh, I will make it short, but there was like a, one of the writers for this had a 
script written for a Catwoman spinoff. It takes place in a resort. Yeah, I guess you read about that. I just saw that. Yeah, Oasisburg, which he said it was like going to be run. Is that run. from a comic? I like, I don't. No, I think it's just made up. That's weird. But it was going to be like run by run by and like four superheroes or something, and he was going to like like do a deconstruction of like male superheroes and be like they're all they're all really shitty. So she like reluctantly becomes Catwoman again. That's like very ahead of its time. Yeah. That's he, too bad that it didn't actually get me. He submitted the script to Warner Brothers the same day that Batman Returns came out. He's like, that was probably a bad decision. He was like, it was also super not family friendly. And after Batman Returns, they only wanted family friendly. Did this movie make money? Like how yeah, well received I think it, was it? I think it? it made money. I think I just read in the trivia section that it made like $48 million, which is a record at the time. Like opening... I don't think that, that was not its That's overall That's like run. chump change oh, now. Yeah. That's first weekend numbers, but I think um, I think it did do well. Um, but I'm sure there were a lot of not-so-good reviews, angry parents. My parents didn't know what we were watching. <laughs> no complaints on their end. You didn't know. see it in theaters, though. I was not born. Well, that will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but ABC Family, you know, <clears throat> a trusted brand. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said, oh, that's funny. Now I really, I do really want to know, like, what exactly they would have taken out to make it ABC appropriate, but. All right, well, um, we'll be back in your feed soon with another episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we're doing our franchise hopping, but I am very excited to watch the other two 90s Batman films. Might be a little while. I want to watch Catwoman. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get there. The Holly Berry Catwoman. Oh, that's going to be a fun time. Because neither of us have ever seen it. (laughs) Maybe we'll have a special guest on for that one. That seems like a great episode to have our first guest. So, um, and we'll be getting back into Avengers probably here soon. Yeah. Itching to get into yeah, the MCU Avengers again. Itself, that's next, and whew, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on track. You know, by the time the next Marvel movie comes out in the theaters, I'm I'm ready. I'm already starved of Marvel content. It's been uh, wait, has it been a week or two weeks since Loki ended? <laughs> Either way, oh, two weeks, I think. Either way, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. In the Superverse.